The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Weekend time, weekend time, weekend time. We are almost there. It's Friday on Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Our continued push towards the fantasy playoffs continues. And today, later on in this program, we will get into our first streaming discussion and not just a overarching what does it mean to stream and how might you do it effectively. I'm talking about the real stuff. First and foremost, I should let you guys know that if you'd like to do the streaming things yourself, we have a streaming calendar available to premium subscribers over at hoop-ball.com. You can go ahead and do that. Wealth worth the couple of dollars it'll be now to finish out the regular season and then Demo it, see if you like it, and come on back and do it again next year. I made it, so I know it's good. It's what I'll be using when we go through some of the potential planning stages of your streaming attack here later on in this podcast. That's not the first thing on the docket, though. First thing on the docket is you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Second thing on the docket is we'll do a Thursday recap. Third thing on the docket is a weekend preview for all 30 teams. Fourth thing on the docket, streaming deep dive day one. In the words of the great Barney Gumble, this is a Simpsons reference, it begins! That was okay, right? I can try that again. No, I'm not going to do it again. Thursday. Short card. Obviously, the Steph Curry return was the most interesting thing that happened on Thursday night. Denver barely beat Charlotte on the road. They've been kind of a weird team lately. Hornets have been playing a tiny bit better. I feel like what you're seeing with Charlotte now is a little nothing-to-lose mentality. Guys starting to see the finish line, and so the energy comes back in their legs a little bit as players start to realize, hey, we're about to have to take a number of months off from this stuff. And if you're Charlotte, that's basically six months off. Some of these teams won't have a full six months off. Denver will probably have five. But for Charlotte, they're looking at it and going, oh, dang, we got we got less than six weeks left. We better, we better play like we want a job next year. And so Devontae Graham had a good ball game after taking a couple off or one off. I forget. P.J. Washington's played better in a couple. Terry Rozier's been a little bit better. The odd center rotations continue. This one was split basically down the middle. Cody Zeller and Willie Hernan Gomez. Still, the only thing that makes sense there is when they decide they want to play Bismack and he gets 28 or 32 minutes or something like that. Otherwise, it's pretty whack. As a pretty whack team overall, this was a strange one. Denver's been a little unfocused might be the best way to describe it lately. They were not good in this game. They got... Double-digit scoring out of seven guys, and that covered up for kind of what they lacked in defensive effort. Shot 53%. Hornets like to keep the ball games extremely low scoring, but they both teams shot well, so this one went way over the posted total. The teams are going to shoot 50% or higher. Yeah, it's probably going to go over. Jeremy Grant outplayed Paul Millsap, so that one flip-flopped back. But generally, Paul is the guy you want when he's the starter. Will Barton was uh, decent enough. Gary Harris actually had a serviceable ball game, but you know how I feel about that. I mean, how many times on this podcast this year did I say, Gary Harris was blimp. Too many. Bob and Weave, duck and dodge. I don't care anything about it. Clippers beat the snot out of the Rockets. They got big ball right out of their small ball. Kawhi Leonard at 25. Missed a bunch of free throws in an odd twist. 90%er finally had an off game at the charity stripe, but otherwise, very good. Ivica Zubots destroyed the small ball Clipper lineup. Montrez Harrell destroyed the small ball Clipper lineup. Those two guys played a combined 42 and a half minutes and had 36 points, 22 rebounds, and three blocks between them. And Montrez hit his free throws. He goes through these stretches. I saw it on Twitter. Everybody's like, hey, Montrez, he's hitting his free throws down the stretch. I mean, all of these guys go through these ups and downs. 
Patrick Beverly and uh, Reggie Jackson. Beverly had more minutes than Reggie in this one, but it, it blowout numbers, so nobody hit the 30-minute mark for the Clips. Paul George, he's going to go down as a draft day bust. Don't draft injured players. How many times do we have to be down that road? And then Marcus Morris is, again, just barely hanging on to fantasy value. Eric Gordon left with a sore knee, although I get the feeling he might have been good to play if this game was tighter. He left with about six minutes to go, and they were getting smoked, so whatever. Daniel Howe somehow managed to tread water in this game. Clippers have just the kind of team to give James Harden some fits when they're really locked in on him. There are, there are going to be games where no one can guard Harden. Doesn't matter who you are, but combination Kawhi Leonard... Paul George, Patrick Beverly, that's that's a pretty tough thing for a guard to run into. The one thing that the Clippers can get beat up by a little bit is a big man. Zubats is fine, serviceable backup center on most teams. Montrez Harrell, decent energy guy, but not much of a defender. They're largely outclassed at one spot on the floor, and they're amazing at almost all the other ones. You can generally throw the box score out game like this. Russell Westbrook had 29 and 15, but it uh, took him 27 shots and a bunch of missed free throws to get there. Just an ugly one all around for Houston. Clippers, as a healthy team, they still haven't lost. They're coming for teams right now. They are taking aim. Shake Milton kept it going for Philadelphia, as did Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Someone was asking me on Twitter if they should drop Al Horford. What? Why? He's finally the starting center on an NBA team. He's cruising right now. If anything, you should trade him. Trade deadline's probably passed in your league. No Embiid, no Simmons, no Josh Richardson. This is this is Horford time. And this was the thing. When they signed him, you knew he was going to get some kind of opportunity. Blended in with some bad games as a starting power foe. I mean, okay, let me re, let me recant on that. Blended in with some serviceable games as a starting power forward and some bad games as a reserve, he had these stretches as starter as the center on this team, and he's crushing in those. I mean, this is this is the beauty stuff. And then Tobias is just going to get as many shots as he can handle. On the Sacramento side, we got great news yesterday. Rashawn Holmes due back over the weekend which means this might be the last hurrah for Harry Giles. He wasn't playing giant minutes to begin with, but was doing pretty well with the limited activity he saw. This will push him off the radar. Alex Len may not play, if I had to guess. Maybe he'll see a couple of minutes. I'm pretty curious what becomes of Nemanja Bialica. Every time I say that, he finds a way to keep getting minutes. But this team has a lot of options that they can throw. I mean, they did earlier this year, too, I guess. So, you know, screw it. Dwayne Dedman didn't really get to play when he was there. So why should these other guys? They'll move Harrison Barnes down to the three. They'll play Bielitsa at the four, which is downright foolish. The guy that gets pushed out here is Harry Giles. The rest of the starting lineup pretty much stays the same, as far as I can tell. I don't know what could happen that would screw this up. I, I know it's the Kings, so... The answer to what could happen that screws this up is kings could happen. But Bielitsa seems fine. Barnes and his dummy fantasy lines are going to stay the same. Bogdan as an unpredictable starter. Fox has been decent. Buddy Heald will catch fire from time to time off the bench, and then there will be games where he disappears. But overall, he's been settled in okay. It doesn't really matter. I mean, the nice thing about Rashawn Holmes is that he's coming back from a shoulder injury, which means that conditioning shouldn't really be a factor. Although, you know, we'll see. Again, any weird thing might happen. Still, that is... That is news that makes me pleased. That is news that pleases me. And then Toronto Golden State, Norman Powell continues to score nicely as he fills in in the starting lineup for Freddie Van Fleet, although we know he was fine even coming off the bench. I got one wrong on yesterday's show when Marcus Gasol got upgraded from uh, nothing. There was no injury update to questionable. I thought he was going to play. And then he ended up sitting this one out. So that one, that one screwed me up. Sergi Baca did end up playing. That one also surprised me. I figured he was just sitting there at questionable. He might sit another one out. 
get Gasol back in the mix, but whatever. I mean, Surge coming back pushes Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Chris Boucher, all those guys back into a state of mostly anonymous basketball. And so the question then becomes, as guys come back, can OG Ananobi hang on? He has been rolling. Is there enough? I got another one wrong. I thought Draymond Green would play when Steph Curry came back. I figured he was just waiting around until his buddy was ready to go, go get some open looks, run an offense with Steph in it. That'd be a little bit more fun. Steph on a minutes count, but again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's going to be good enough in whatever number of minutes they choose to give him. If you have him at this point, you probably have an opportunity to sell, which is a weird thing to say because, you know, his line's not going to blow the roof off the building. He's fine, right? I mean, he's Steph. That's the thing. He's going to be fine regardless. But do they ever let him go up past the 30-minute mark? Are they going to give him a full complement of minutes the rest of the way? A wise decision would be no. I'm actually tempted to say that they probably do. I think they do give him minutes. I think he'll sit out on back-to-backs, or if he doesn't, he'll play limited minutes on back-to-backs, and they have a few of them left this year. March 20th and 21st, March 28th and 29th are back-to-backs for the Warriors, and they have two more in April, April 2 and 3, April 7 and 8. So they have four back-to-backs left. I don't know what they're going to do with Steph during those, but again, if he's playing 26 24 to 28, even if they let him go a little bit higher than that. 24 to 28 minutes with Curry, he's still a top 20, top 25 guy. I would say at the worst. And if he gets up to his full assortment of minutes, full complement, he's a first rounder. So if you're selling, it better be for somebody else in the top 15 to 20. Better be for somebody that you know is going to play every game because it's hard to find a Steph and he's alive again. The rest of these guys are going to fall off a cliff pretty soon, except for perhaps Marquise Chris and perhaps Andrew Wiggins. There's just not enough around for the rest of those dudes. I don't think. But we've been wrong before. I don't think we are on this one. I don't think we are on this one. We'll turn our attention now to the weekend coming up. That's the next thing on the docket. All 30 teams' next NBA game. That's a league-wide what-to-watch-for segment. Atlanta is at Washington. That's the first game tonight, Friday evening. The Hawks. Sounds like Cam Reddish is expected to play in this ball game, which is good news. He, to me, looks like a guy who's ramping himself up to be a points league value down the stretch. I don't know if there's enough going on. And we've talked about this at least at least seven or eight times on this show. When Reddish, Hunter, and Young, are, or sorry, and uh, Herter are all healthy, it's hard for any of the three of them to fully get up and over. Now, in this particular ball game, which has an obscene total in Vegas of 245 and a half, all of them could end up with stuff. I mean, you could have five, six guys on both teams end up with fantasy value in a game that has 250 points. You probably won't on the Washington side because their stuff gets clustered pretty tight into the Beal and Bertans section of the box score. Although Ish Smith is out again, so I think Shabazz Napier should have another opportunity. I'd have no idea how he's not stepping into this thing. He's got to just be a little bit more aggressive. Atlanta side, you just you pay attention. Dwayne Denman do back for this ball game. He's a fun streamer until Clint Capella comes back. He should put up some real cool numbers in a game like this one. That was a weird elbow thing, non-surgical procedure, whatever the hell that means. But I would have him too. San Antonio is in Brooklyn. Spurs still without LaMarcus Aldridge. They wanted to have him back last weekend. These shoulder things linger. They really do. I don't know if you can start him next week in fantasy. have to watch our weekly lineup show on Monday to find out if I would suggest it. It's a premium offering. I Lord knows I need him back in my 30-deep team, but I don't know if he's playing next week. I might throw him out there and just hope for the best. Try to get him a little extra rest this week. They haven't had too many games here lately. It's generally coincides for the Spurs with crummy opponents and very few games. Maybe they get him back on uh, on Sunday. That would make our lives a lot simpler. 
He's missed four games. Uh, yeah, and he's expected to miss a fifth in this one. I don't know, man. Brooklyn, they've gone to a more DeAndre Jordan-centric big man situation, and Karis LeVert's been going usage crazy over the last couple of weeks, and I don't see any reason why that changes soon for this team. Maybe Jared Allen gets going, but they, it looks like they've been erring away from games where Allen isn't totally locked in. There's this kind of this, like, look, we got to find a way to put a couple wins on the board here down the stretch. Not that they're in any real jeopardy of falling out of the playoffs. They have a five-game lead over the Wizards, half-game lead over the Magic for the seven and eight spot, but they're fairly well locked into one of those two seeds. I guess the Nets are thinking we'd probably rather play the Raptors than the Bucks. As good as the Raptors have been this year, the Bucks have been a couple clicks. They're just uh, they're just out in front of everybody in the Eastern Conference. There ain't anybody close. Bucks still haven't lost their tenth game. It's actually kind of amazing. So with the Nets, they're thinking, look, we got to just figure this out down the stretch. Who's going to be our guy going forward? Are we going to mess around? If the young guys have any kind of issues, the answer lately has been no. Oklahoma City at New York. I'm always got one quarter of one eye on Mo Harkless. That's what we that's what we say here on the pod. He was really bad in their last ball game. Two points, two boards, and one steal. And that's always going to be the issue with him, where if it's not clicking for a game, he doesn't have the usage to buttress some of the other stuff he's going. He's actually owned in two of my five money leagues. That's boggles my mind he's been playing a few more minutes but he really hasn't been a pickup people are crazy man i don't know if it's because i said it on the podcast that i was watching him but you guys you're way out in front and he's not an upside play either he never really has been he's a plotter in roto which you know fills things out if you need to collect a few stats without getting any turnovers but he's not an upside guy Orlando, likely without Evan Fournier on the road at Minnesota. Nas Reed's been playing well. We should be getting an update on Carl Anthony Towns some point soon. James Johnson's been playing well. This will be a lower scoring game, most likely, if Orlando has their druthers. But maybe not. Total's at 234.5, so Vegas thinks the Wolves are going to control the tempo a little bit. Curious to see if Reed can do it again. This is a tougher matchup. He's had some uh, weak competition lately. Now, as the last one, he was dealing with the Chicago Bulls. Was the one before that? Did they have the Wizards before that? I forget. But now he's got Vooch on the other side. So look out for a minute. Still worth streaming, it seems, until Cat comes back. Which could be two games, could be five. Either way, I, I do think Cat plays again this year. I think he really wants to get out there. There's still almost 20 games left for most of these teams. So it's not like we're we're pretty close to the end, but we're not that close to the end. We've got a little bit of wiggle room left. So don't panic yet. Don't panic yet. <laughs> soon. If you haven't made your move soon, you can start to panic, but not yet. Indy at Chicago. Uh, we'll wait on the status of Malcolm Brogdon. I'm guessing he's out. If he's out, you'll see more Aaron Holiday and a bad Indiana squad. They're just not good when Brogdon doesn't play, although anybody can beat the Bulls these days. No Zach Levine for Chicago for probably another couple of ball games. Hopefully he'll be back in time for the March 16th start of the playoffs. He does this every year, doesn't he? Just a few games here and there in the playoffs last season. And the Bulls don't even have a good schedule, so that's a little bit of a playoff kick in the nads. For Chicago, we'll watch the minutes of Lowry Markinen, the minutes of Otto Porter. Hopefully those two guys can raise their minutes cap in this one. For Otto, it's his third game back. For Markinen, it is his second. And on the Indiana side, there really isn't anything. And there hasn't been for a long time, except when we thought Oladipo might be out for a while and Justin Holiday was intriguing. But really, we're just watching Miles Turner as he's settled into basically a fifth-round proposition. Not where you drafted him, but really not that bad. Not as bad as everybody wants it to seem. Miami in New Orleans. This should be a fun one. You know the Heat are going to come ready to go. Jimmy Butler is going to see Zion on the other side, and he's going to lock in. He's going to get that rage in his eyes. He's going to try to dismantle a young man like he's done to the poor souls in Minnesota when he was out there as a teammate. 
I think the Heat play this game tough. They're not as good on the road as they are at home. The Pelicans have lost a few in a row, so they're in a weird spot right now. But this one strikes me as a game that Miami's going to come ready to go. We'll see. I could get that wrong. I'm not betting this ball game. I just think that some of those guys are going to have decent performances. With the Heat, they're now so loaded that beyond Butler and Adebayo, Duncan Robinson has slid into just a specialist mold. Jay Crowder looks like a little bit of a specialist. I know he's been running hot up until the last ball game. I think he's due for this downturn in his shooting percentage. But he's chucking up threes and he's getting some defensive stats, so you cut him some slack right now. As I said of the real big three with Bogman and Jonas, I'm willing to wear that L on Crowder because I basically just said, I'm not picking this guy up. He's going to kill somebody in percentages somewhere along the way here, and I just don't want it to be me. If you can catch lightning in a bottle and you could dodge the ones where he deuces on your team, go for it. I'm just not confident I can pull that off. Utah? Nothing. Conley is locked in as the starter. He's been playing a little better lately. Boston, they're still rolling out something of a B squad, but enough guys. Jason Tatum's playing. Marcus Smart is playing. Daniel Tice, those guys are good to go. I don't think I'd venture must be on that. Oh, I uh, believe Kemba's good for this ballgame as well, so you got that extra you got that extra horse. Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward both out. That's the injury report right now. But you just wait it out. When they get healthy, those guys will be fine. When they're not, it's the other guys. They're just they're really in a whole lot of who's gonna pick up the slack. It's just sort of more for the main dudes. Memphis has been playing better. Gorgie Jang, his stream has been solid lately. We're still waiting on updates on JJJ and Brandon Clark. I hope we get one over the weekend. Another 30-deep guy for me. Rashawn, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Jaron Jackson all being out on a 30-deep roster or 30-deep league. That is just absolutely soul-crushing. I had the first-place team for almost the entire regular season, and they've just fallen off a cliff here because my first and second-round picks are both out. And then wherever the hell I got Rashawn Holmes, but he's obviously been a really sweet pickup too. Ah, you damn bad luck. Dallas. Dallas, Seth Curry's running hot these days. Luka had a thumb looked at after their last ball game, so we'll wait on a ruling there. Maxi Kleba's been on a little bit of a block run too. I tweeted something stupid about Maxi Kleba the other day. I just thought it was funny, so I sent it out there. He's really had some nice lines lately. He's blocked eight shots his last two ball games. He had a five-block game back on February the 22nd also, and he's molded himself into this semi-useful fantasy guy who's number 101 over the last month because of about two blocks a game. And for me, a lot of my teams, I love to try to make a block push in Roto late in the year. That's, that's one of my weird little... This is a spot where I feel like I can gain ground on other teams. I can go get me some blocks. I'm going to grab some blocks late in the season. Maybe I can grab a point or two. When everybody else is trotting out their same usual guys, I'll go pick up a Maxi Kleba or a John Henson or something like that and just try to weave my way past one or two teams that were just sort of ambling along with their usual guys. I switched it up. Got to go for that ROI in Roto. Portland, they're back to whatever you might call healthy. So I think we have a pretty good idea what to expect with that team. Phoenix, this is one that I've been waiting for. This team's been off for a while, which put kind of a dent into our, hey, what's Phoenix going to do with DeAndre Ayton likely out, I think, for a couple of ball games. The latest report was that he's doubtful for this one. The fact that I even threw a tag on him, I guess, is better than just out indefinitely. But he did go through some non-contact work. The sprain is considered not serious, but he's also someone that when he has an ankle thing, there's usually multiple games on the shelf. So let's let's hope that he's back by their road game in Portland on the 10th. That would just be two missed ball games. If he comes back in one missed game, you just call it a massive victory. And if he misses that Portland game, they don't play again until the 14th. So hopefully he'll be back for that one. But either way, that puts a big dent into your fantasy week next week. I mean, that's it, right? They're a two-game week, I think. Yeesh. What this also does, the fact that they're considering his sprain not serious, is tell us maybe don't worry so much about what Dario Saric is going to do for two games. Maybe don't throw yourself 
on top of a fire to get him. You know, a two-game week, that's not a guy you really want in your fantasy playoffs next week anyway. There are a lot of teams with two games next week. That's a tough... It's actually one good reason to start your fantasy playoffs a week later when I think only a couple of teams... One? Is it one or two? The following week. I think only Brooklyn the following week has a two-gamer. Next week, there's like three or four teams. Detroit's got a two-gamer. Indy. We just talked about Phoenix has a two-gamer. Philadelphia, two games. Sacramento, two games. Toronto, two games. I don't swear on this podcast. But if I did, it would be an S-word. That's an S-y way to start your playoffs. That's, I mean, that's really crummy. That's real crummy. Playoff weeks are, I mean, leagues are going to be decided because people wanted to shave off one extra silly season week on the back end, and then they backed themselves up to this weird one where a bunch of, what did I count, six, seven teams that have two games next week? Woof. Milwaukee Lakers, nothing from a fantasy standpoint, but that should be a fun ball game. That's the ESPN nightcap. Lakers favored by a point. That surprises me. That means Milwaukee only considered a two-point neutral site favorite. Houston-Charlotte on Saturday. That's a whole lot of who cares. Utah-Detroit. Detroit is an interesting one because Bruce Brown is expected to play in this Pistons game on Saturday. He got upgraded, and he's a guy that I would want right now. I'm intrigued by Bruce Brown. I don't. Brandon Knight's been actually playing really nicely for them as their point guard. I, I, I guess I'd love to know what they plan on doing with Knight when Brown comes back. Do I have the confidence to start Brandon Knight even when Bruce Brown is healthy? I mean, Brandon played 38 minutes in Detroit's last ballgame. 38 minutes at 18 points, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 rebounds. Now, he's putting up big fantasy lines right now, so I guess you just trot him out there until he gives you a reason not to. And if you have Brown, you got to assume they're going to work him back in slowly, dealing with some knee stuff. His minutes will probably be in the low 20s, mid-20s, if I had to guess, in this game against Utah. So it's an opportunity to pick him up, bench him for a game, get him in there on the road in New York unless he sits that one out, or maybe you just wait and throw Brown in on the 11th in Philadelphia when his minutes start to trend up a little bit. We haven't heard anything about Derrick Rose. I don't know if he's going to play again this season. We haven't heard anything about Luke Kennard in a while. Earlier this week, they said he's out at least another week. If he comes back, then you've got this weird three-headed thing going on with Knight, Kennard, and Bruce Brown. I think Knight's the guy that ends up getting aced out in that trio, but this is why we're going to watch the Pistons so closely. Something's developing in their backcourt, and there's going to be fantasy value there that that we want to get. We want to land on it. Denver's an uninteresting team. Cleveland is pretty interesting, though. Keep an eye on Andre Drummond. We'll see if he's playing. Does Tristan Thompson play? If not, Larry Nance is just going to continue to blast people in the teeth. He's been great. Held on to all my Larry Nances, and I instructed you dudes to do the same. He's really come on. He's number 84 on the season now in 9-cat. Last month, he's number 57. People are like, he's been inconsistent. I mean... I guess he had two not great ball games mixed in there. Even the one game, there was one he had recently where he only scored five points, but he had three assists and three steals in that one to make up for it. And no turnovers in that game. He's been terrific. Last month, Larry Nance is averaging 12, 8, and 3 with a steal and a half, a three-pointer, and 51% shooting from the field. He's been great. That's like somewhere between a number one and a number two center. This guy's just floating around on waiver wires. This is why I always talk about you can draft conservatively and then make shrewd in-season pickups. He got dropped everywhere because he was flat-out bad, and then he missed a bunch of time. These guys surface all the time. They surface. Great pickups are all over the place. You just got to stay glued in. Scratched my beard on a podcast. That was a strange look. Atlanta, we talked about. Memphis, we talked about. Philly. I mean, you're just waiting to see if anybody comes back. Warriors. Does Draymond play? If so, you might get a little bit of a look. It's the Clay Thompson-less Warriors if Draymond plays. You'll have Dre, 
Steph, Wiggins, Marquise, Chris, that seems like four of the five potential starters for next year. Unless they bring in a center, which they might. They like Chris, though. He's been really good for them. And then Sacramento. Is this the game where we get to see Rashawn Holmes? Holy hell, I hope it is. Hot damn, I hope it is. I'm going to pee my little pants over here. So excited to get Rashawn Holmes back. That team, it's the only hope my team's got. That 30 deep team. It's the only hope Rashawn plays. Oh, come on, get your butt back out there, Rashawn. And then is anything on Sunday? Do we need to cover any of these teams on Sunday? Clippers, they're sort of a fantasy non-story right now. And I think everybody else went either Friday or Saturday. Quick scan. Robo eyes into effect here. Beep, boop, boop, beep. Yeah, that's everybody. All right, yesterday's show I went promo free. Today, I can't make that same promise. I can't go promo free two days in a row. So instead, you're getting a clump of them. Promo number one. Do your betting with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. How many times do we need to tell you this? I mean, for goodness sake. Our guys are smoking over there at Hoopball Gaming. 773 Twitter followers and counting. Today in sports betting, fantastic, fantastic podcast. Coming in hot every day from the greats. The greats known as Ira, Neil, Josh, and Devin. And when you guys follow them, make sure to follow them at mybookie.ag with the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. Almost baseball season, things get a little weird, but those guys are breaking that down too. They are not just NBA, they're NBA, they're NHL, they're college basketball. They're going to be doing baseball futures this weekend. I know Josh tweeted that out. Baseball futures is on the docket. They do WWE. I think they did XFL. They do football when it comes back around. They do it all. So I know we're a basketball podcast, but I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, damn, what am I going to do when the basketball season's over? Today in sports betting is what you're going to do. And then, again, take that over to mybookie.ag. Promo code once again, T-O-D-A-Y, today. Today. That's promo number one. Promo number two is we are looking for you. How did that work? They always say use the word you when you're doing a promo for people. We're looking for you. Because Hoopball's sales division, as I think I mentioned very briefly on yesterday's show, has an opening. No, maybe I didn't. I might have forgotten to. Oh, I remember what I was talking about. I got two recruiting promos I want to throw into this mix. Number one, sales division. Do you have daytime hours free? So are you working maybe a part-time job that starts in the afternoon or evening? Or maybe you're on a weird time zone that leaves Pacific time wide open for you in the daytime. And do you have anywhere over about 12 or more hours free over the course of a week? I'd love it if it was more than that. But I I think if you were really hardcore about this, you could get it done in that. That's the bare minimum. But if you have more than that, then then you'll definitely crush it. And if you've got, so if you've got time, Pacific time business hours free, Maybe you're, again, working a part-time gig during some other time of the day. Or maybe you're just want to work in sports. This is the way to do it. Ask around, man. It's hard to be a full-time sports employee and make a solid living without doing some sales work. So we're hiring for that side. Other thing is, you guys may have noticed this, our Pelicans podcast has gone dormant because we're missing a host. Our guys Mike and Nick did a nice job for a while, but they had to move on to other things. So if you'd like to come out of the woodwork and host a Pelicans podcast, it's sitting there and waiting for you. I mean, you have to be good, but the structure's already ready to go. You got a fan base. You got a graphic. You got a website that's ready to promote that joint. So hit me up at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or honestly, because I... I'm now losing track of things on Twitter because there's so much stuff coming my way in a given day. You can email me, teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's team hoopball, like I'm on the team. That's with an M as in mother, T-E-A-M, hoopball, all one word, at hoop-ball.com. There is a dash, it's just in the domain name. 
teamhoopball at hoopdashball.com. And the final promo, which I always promise to do, and you guys are going to kill me for doing three promos back to back to back on this podcast. But you know what? Screw you guys. I didn't do any on yesterday's show. Paper Vaz. Oh, man, my guy. He says, <laughs> I purposely listen to this podcast at half speed so I can listen to Dan's voice a little longer. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You're being silly. You wanted to get this thing read. Here's the thing. Some of you guys might have given this podcast five stars before but didn't write anything. If you go back and you write something with your five-star review, it'll actually jump to the most recent one. So you can throw that into the mix, and you might get your stuff read on air as well. If you want to get your funny thing read just like our boy Paper Vaz, do so by heading to the podcast app on your mobile device or the iTunes, the iTunes, you like what I did there, on your computer, and uh, if it's the app on your mobile device, search for Fantasy NBA Today. I guess you can do the same thing on your PC. Make sure to navigate to the podcast tab in iTunes. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. If it's on your computer, there's a rate and review tab you can go to there, a sub tab. If it's on your phone, you got to click on the show title and then scroll to the bottom. And that's where you can leave that five-star review. So thank you once again, guys. We're up around 470 reviews now, which is freaking nuts. Let's charge ahead. Keep doing it. Get your buddies to do it. Do it on somebody else's phone. I don't care what it takes. Let's keep going. Okay. Streaming calendar. We are officially in it now, guys. I'm going to assume my playoffs don't start until the 16th, so I don't have to do this stuff yet. But this is actually good practice for me to get into it a week and change early and really start to set my mind to it. What I'll say is this. Some of you are streaming now already. The first thing you look at, if you're already streaming, I hope you guys heard that part. That's an important footnote here. If you are already streaming, meaning you had to stream to get to your first round of the playoffs week, there are two teams that strike me as very interesting. One of them is Milwaukee Bucks because they have a game on Sunday and Monday. Toronto is the other one for the same reason. They have a game Sunday and Monday. And I know this is counterintuitive because Toronto has a two-game week And Milwaukee has a three-game week, so you're not exactly loading up on games in the long term. But it's a move you can make this week that positively impacts the first day next week. It's a way you can utilize a move this week to put yourself in a good position to maximize one of your hopefully multiple streaming slots next week, or possibly both. Maybe you go with a buck like a Dante DiVincenzo right now, let's say he's on your wire, and a Raptor, probably aren't many of them at the moment, with Serge Ibaka coming back, so not much in the way of bench production on that team, so maybe that's not the best example since a lot of their guys are coming back now. But I don't know, maybe OG Ananobi's on your wire for some weird reason, or maybe Norman Powell didn't get picked up. Weird things happen in some leagues, not, not most, but some. Let's, for this example, stick with Milwaukee, After Monday of next week, there are a couple of teams, very few, but Chicago is one of them, Boston, Brooklyn is another one. We're going to go through the names here on this podcast. Again, Brooklyn, Boston, Chicago are the three teams next week that have four games starting on Tuesday. This is why I love to stream multiple roster slots. I do always N divided by two. N is the number of weekly moves. That's not true, actually. I, I'm I'm nuts that I often do N minus one because I do super long streaming. If you're not as completely crazy as I am with super long streams, you can go N divided by two. So if you have four weekly moves, you're streaming two roster slots. I have four weekly moves, so I often try to stream three roster slots because you see what I just did there? First of all, I used moves the week before to set myself up. Then, what I've done... I mean, again, this is if you need to be streaming at the end of this week. You want to get some moves out of your guys on Sunday this week. I don't know. Maybe you're trying to get a first-round buy, or maybe you're already in the playoffs, or maybe you're the seven seed and you're trying to get into the playoffs. You do have to look ahead a little bit. So, again, this is if you are streaming this week. You make that move on Sunday to get yourself a Buck or a Raptor that plays Sunday-Monday. Then you have your full complement of moves, all four of them available to you next week. 
Hopefully you shouldn't make any moves on Monday. But you can make two moves, if you had two guys like this, on Tuesday for Boston, Brooklyn, or Chicago. And there are guys on those teams that are going to be worth streaming right now. They're just like weird, fringy dudes. But suddenly you made two moves, and you turned your guy now that slot. You can't think of it like how many moves did you gain because you probably dropped someone who had more games this coming week than whoever you picked up on on Toronto, for instance. But we don't want to get into that. Basically, you turned that slot into a five-game week with one roster move. It's very important that whatever you do adds games for the entire week, not just for a day. Sometimes you make a move and you pick up a guy, but later in the week he has fewer games than someone else or the guy that you dropped. It's really important that the move you make adds games to your ledger for the full week. Preferably more than that, If, like we talked about before, if you're a long streamer like me. If you don't have to stream this week, you have a few other options, but not that many. Because next week, there are zero teams. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that next week just isn't a particularly well-trafficked week of basketball. But there are zero teams that play both Monday and Tuesday. Such is not the case the following week, by the way. This coming week, no one plays Monday, Tuesday. And actually, I'm looking way down the line here. I looked too far. The following week, where a lot of playoffs start on March the 16th, there are teams. Dallas, Memphis, they both play Monday and Tuesday the following week. So we're not there yet, but... That's something that you always keep an eye out on if you're not streaming. For this coming week, normally I would have said, hey, use a move this week to pick up a guy who's playing Monday and Tuesday of next week. What I'll say instead is because there there aren't any teams that go Monday, Tuesday next week, use your moves this week. We're now, again, we're now into the teams that don't need to stream this weekend. You are free and clear today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Doesn't matter what you do. You're either safely in a one or a two seed with a blot with a buy, or you're safely in the three through six zone. It doesn't matter. What you do the next today, tomorrow, and Sunday has no impact on what your team's going to look like the first round of your playoffs, if indeed they do start on Monday. Because nobody goes Monday, Tuesday, you should actually be looking at simply the best possible player that goes four times next week because it's a very low-traffic week for basketball. If you can max out on games, it's a higher percentage advantage. The Utah Jazz are a marvelous team to load up on now for next week because they go four games Monday through Saturday. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well... I mean, why don't I just pick up those Bucks or Raptors that you were talking about? Or uh, Denver plays on Monday. Charlotte, Atlanta plays on Monday. Why don't I just pick up someone that plays on Monday this weekend, and then I can make moves on Tuesday? Here's why I don't like that. Because if you can, if you can, and you don't always have this luxury, but if it doesn't matter what you're doing this weekend... You pick up a Jazz because now you've given yourself the option to not stream that slot early in the week. You can save your moves. I'll bet you, I'll bet you Joe Ingles has been dropped in your league. I'll bet you Royce O'Neal is not on a team in your league. That's about as... Jordan Clarkson might not be on a team in your league either. There's a chance. Royce O'Neal is almost definitely not on a team in your league. The other two are maybes. If you got some Utah Jazz on your team, let's say Royce O'Neal or Jordan Clarkson or Joe Ingles or whoever it is has a decent game on Monday. Maybe you get off to an okay start next week. Maybe you're leading 6-3 to after one day. You know what you can do? You can stand pat. You know what your opponent's going to be doing? 
frantically making moves on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and blowing their moves early in the week. Sometimes that makes sense, which we just talked about in our previous segment. If you're streaming this weekend, you kind of have no choice but to pick up somebody that plays Sunday, Monday to try to get a game early next week, but you're not really worrying about getting past Monday. And you're saying, you know what, I'll make a move on Tuesday or a couple of them. That'll hopefully set me up for the rest of the week. But those teams are now locked in a bit because they only have probably two, if they did this with two players, moves Tuesday through Sunday. What if someone on their team gets hurt? That's a third move they have to use immediately. What if two guys get hurt? You have to do two moves and then they're all out? Those of you that don't have to stream this weekend, you have the luxury of picking up guys that play games early next week. And Utah's the best because they don't play Sunday. So after Saturday, if you're losing and you want to stream that slot, go for it. There's some other teams that play every other day next week, the other four gamers, and there aren't that many. Charlotte goes every other day starting on Monday. Denver does as well. And that's that's really it. I mean, we talked about the uh, the Bulls, the, the Celtics, and the Nets. Sorry for me to remember which teams it is. That go four times starting on Tuesday. So they're bailout guys. Here's another thing to keep in mind. The Bulls, the Nets, the Celtics, these teams that we were just talking about, they go three times the final four days next week. So that gives you another possible avenue when you look at what you're doing next week. If you go Utah, for instance, they go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Maybe you feel like after Monday, Wednesday, I'd rather pick up, oh, I don't know, Garrett Temple. Or maybe someone in Chicago is surfacing because somebody got hurt. Maybe Otto Porter hadn't been picked up because he wasn't playing that well, and this is a playoff league. You can do that on Thursday, because you're still getting three games the rest of the week. These are the advantages to not having to stream this weekend. You pick up teams that have games early in the week. And I love the idea of picking up guys that have four games overall, because let's say you pick up an Atlanta Hawk, they go Monday, Wednesday. Now you have to make a move to Boston, Brooklyn, or Chicago. You have to. You are stuck, because Atlanta only has one game the final four days of the week, and those three teams we just talked about have three. You have to make the move to get two extra games the rest of your week. So there's there's an angle there. It's not a crazy thing to consider going heavy on Atlanta Hawks early and then those other teams I mentioned late. But anything you do, I think the lesson here is, anything you do, you have to have an eye on the entire week and maybe even the week after. I'm locked into, I believe, a top two seed in my fantasy league where the playoffs start on the 16th. So I can actually really start looking to see what I'm doing on the 23rd. Where, by the way, no one goes Monday, Tuesday that week either. I'm already looking to see who plays four days or four games the first six days that week. Or three games the first four days, which would mean someone would need to have a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. Want to know if anybody has one? Nope. Washington goes for the first six. That I'm, I'm way down the line now. That's the March 23rd week. Washington, Phoenix, the Knickerbockers, the Clippers, and that's it. Those teams have four games the first six days of that following week. And Atlanta, who we were just talking about, they have two games that whole week. I mean, they're a turd. I got Trey Young on that that team that I was just talking about. So I'm already thinking about how I'm going to get around that mess. Oops. Well, start hunting, man. Plan in advance. That's the real lesson here for streaming. See if you can find a team that has a, a real thick chunk of game somewhere in there. Maybe a team that's got a couple of back-to-backs not that far from one another. Warriors between the 28th of March and the 3rd of April... Play five times in seven days. That's basically a five-game week. It just happens to not fall within the confines of a Monday through Sunday. It's the confines of a Saturday through a Friday. 
So look for this kind of stuff. Look way down the line. There are crazy things you can pull off to maximize your streams, to pick up a guy and hold him for a whole week, and it's still considered a stream. If you pick up a warrior on that on that day, you're probably going to get one, at least one, maybe more like two games, sometimes even three games more than some of the other teams playing during that same seven-day stretch. That's a big deal. One move, gaining anywhere from one to three games, that stuff is out there. The problem, of course, is that when you're looking at a Monday, it has to, that has to be the front end of it. So that's why this streaming stuff has to be a bit of a rolling calendar. Once you get going, you got to have a plan the whole way out. We'll keep doing this starting next week. We've gone through some of the things here on this show, uh, but we'll go ahead and put in a pin in this one. And I'm just going to be looking down the line the rest of the way. Look through your entire playoffs and figure out not just how many times a team plays, but when they do it. When they do it. It's colossal. Look for teams that have back-to-backs in close proximity to one another. That's a big thing. Look for three games in four nights. Look for uh, four games in six nights, five and seven. These are the winners. That allows you to long stream. So then you're not just picking up a guy on a back-to-back and then another guy on a back-to-back. Hold on to these guys a little bit longer. Hold on to your moves. Really make them count. Pick up a Phoenix Sun starting on March 20th. Thank me later. Six games in nine days? Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck if you're already in your playoffs. I hope we'll still be able to talk to you on Monday. If you're not, if you're starting your playoffs on Monday, great. We'll get you set up then. Or maybe you're in a week from that. And you can sit on some injured guys a little bit longer. We'll have our reverse chronological lightning round and some more streaming stuff on Monday. I am Dan Vespers. Hit me up again, Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com. Twitter is again at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Have a great weekend. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.